Support for this podcast comes from TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. TA Tech conferences are always great to attend, but they're taking things to the next level this year by teaming up with Unleash. The joint TA Tech Unleash Mega Conference takes place in London on March the 24th to March the 26th and will bring together thought leaders from both Europe and the US to explore key issues in talent acquisition. From avoiding bias in tech-based recruitment products to exploring how automation will change the role of recruiters. From how best to buy and implement technology to optimizing advertising ROI and the candidate experience. The program will be loaded with one-of-a-kind insights and tons of take-home value. For more information, visit tatech.org slash events. That's tatech.org slash events. And click on the TA Tech Unleash London Conference tab. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 241 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Well, that wasn't quite the start of the year I was expecting, as, I, as I've been in and out of hospital for the last two weeks. I'm pleased to say, though, that I'm well on the way to making a full recovery and regular podcasting service is now resumed. A huge thank you to Nick Price for helping me out and introducing last week's episode. I would strongly recommend you check out his website, careerlifestories.com, to find out more about the great work he does. So on with this week's show. After my recent hospital experience, it seems very fitting that the main focus for this week's guest is recruiting healthcare professionals. Blake Tees is Director of Talent Acquisition at Prestige Care. Recruiting healthcare professionals, and nurses in particular, is a real challenge in many countries. And Blake talks about the techniques his team use, as well as the importance of grit and resilience. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Blake, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, good to be here, Matt. Really excited. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Sure. So my name is Blake Teese, and I'm the Director of Talent Acquisition for Prestige Care. We're headquartered here in Vancouver, Washington, United States of America. And we own and operate over 80 assisted living and skilled nursing care centers up and down the West Coast. Uh, about 80 locations in eight Western states, and I oversee uh, and set the recruiting strategy and function for the entire organization at scale. Interesting stuff. So I'm presuming you must have some pretty interesting recruitment challenges uh, in your organization. Could you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, uh, understatement of the day, Matt, I'll say that. So as far as challenges go, so here in the United States, uh, you know, as we currently sit in the year 2020, we are um, in the midst of a of a nursing shortage, and it's not just registered nurses, it's licensed practical nurses, certified nursing assistants, just really healthcare professionals in general, but primarily focused on, on registered nurses. Um, and so, unfortunately, the school system here in the United States is not graduating enough registered nurses to meet 
the demand. Basically, it's economics 101, Matt, supply and demand. Uh, the demand is far uh, outpacing the supply, and that'll continue for the next 20, 30, 40 years here in the States. And so what we're up against is trying to attract and retain registered nurses in a highly competitive environment. A lot of our care centers and communities also are in remote locations. We're talking central Washington, eastern Washington, eastern Oregon, and some parts of Oregon in general. And so trying to attract, um, you know, highly qualified, educated folks to remote markets in a hyper-competitive environment is, <laughs> it's, it's challenging. So we've, we've had to think and act outside of the box and quite frankly, hustle harder and employ our own grit to see success. Uh, certainly, it's a, a never-ending uh, quest to find and attract and keep those folks. But uh, I think, you know, being gritty and resilient, that's really the slight edge between those in the recruitment space that are winning and, and not winning. Interesting stuff. And I, and I think that that's something that lots of, I think the challenges that lots of talent acquisition professionals will share. Obviously, people in the same sector as you, the problems that you outlined in nursing, education and recruitment are certainly very true in Europe as well as the US. But I think lots of people are looking for, as you say, highly qualified people in very competitive environments, sometimes in, in remote locations. So, I mean, talk us through through some of the, the strategies and tactics that you're using to, to overcome those challenges? Yeah, great question, Matt. So, you know, there's not one silver bullet, I'll, I will say that, but some of the ways that we've been able to see success is, um, is, is many ways. Number one, uh, pipelining candidates. So talking to anybody and everybody that will talk to us and being vigilant about putting them in a specific uh, pipe uh, for a specific role at specific location. So here's a great example. We rolled out a CRM uh, a little while ago, which has truly uh, acted as a game changer for us as an organization. We now have the ability to put various people in different buckets for different jobs in different geolocations. So that individual that says, hey, you know, I want to re relocate to Oregon. I don't care where. Prior to that, we didn't have a system in place in which we could put them in various buckets. Now we do. Uh, we also have the ability to inbound market utilizing programmatic job advertising and email drip campaigns. So that has been a true game changer for us, Matt. Number one. Number two, uh, sponsored ads on social against geographic, uh, geographic uh, radiuses as well as job titles. Uh, that has been a, a game changer. We, we utilize uh, that strategy quite a bit. Uh, to get our brand in front of people because, I mean, the, the unemployment uh, rate in the United States for healthcare professionals, 0.9%, Matt. So that means for those keeping track at home, that's under 1%. And so the fact of the matter is the eyeballs are not on job boards. Us as talent acquisition and recruiting professionals, I, I, I think my colleagues are tired of me you know, saying this, but we're in the attention game. As recruiters and TA pros, we need to know where the eyeballs are at. If I know where your eyeballs are at, I can get my brand, my EVP in front of you. And so you can walk around any town, any city, whether it's in the UK, Spain, the States, it does not matter. Everybody's on their, on their mobile device looking and they're most of the time on social. So we go heavy on social to the extent that we can. Um, 
Uh, number three, you know, we also have been very vigilant, especially in the last 12, 18 months, about pushing our employer brand out there. And keep in mind, we didn't have a budget of, you know, 75, 100, 200K to execute on this. We've been doing this with our smartphones, you know, creating the content and what that content looks like. I'd strongly encourage anybody to check us out on any of the socials, Jobs at Prestige. You can kind of see examples of what we do. We highlight our employees, get quotes from our actual employees, get high resolution quality uh, photography of our own team members, and we share their story. We share their career path. We highlight the buildings, our beautiful buildings. Many people think that these places are dark and dingy and they stink. That is 100% inaccurate. And so we're having to also battle inaccurate assumptions about our space. So we utilize various forms of media, um, high resolution photos, video, things of that nature to combat that. Those are just three ways that we've seen success uh, now and quite frankly into 2020 and into the future. Now, you mentioned grit and resilience being a key part of your recruiter's success. Could you tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah, great, uh, great question there. So what I mean by that is, you know, if, if you look at most, most recruiter resumes, at least here in the States, a lot of folks are, are moving around every 12, 18, 24 months. I think a function of that is, or why that is, is because folks maybe not, not on, aren't as emotionally strong, internally strong to overcome the hard times, overcome the challenging times. And so I only have to look at myself and, and my colleagues here in the office. You know, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of healthcare professionals uh, in a highly competitive environment, a lot of them don't want to work in senior care because it has a bad, I guess, I'm going to, I'm going to call it just brand. Um, and so we've had to, you know, overcome adversity over, you know, grit, adversity. It gives you motivation. It gives you the juice to, you know, if you're going to fall down seven, that, you know, getting up that eighth time, you know, having that never satisfied orientation, always having that, I'm going to use the term chip on the shoulder, you know, that, that drive and that will to overcome and to prove people wrong. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our buildings too, sometimes they will have higher turnover for XYZ reason. And so we've had to go to the well again and again, and we've seen success in recruiting for registered nurses in some of these remote locations. And I think past examples of overcoming adversity gives you that resilience and grit to push forward, even when you've you know, done something three, four or five times and you have to do it for that sixth time. You know, that is, that is one way that my colleagues and I have seen success. And, you know, for the, just the broader TA and recruiting audience as a whole, um, that's another way that they, can, that they can see success in their own practice, whether it's hiring, you know, engineers in the tech space, nurses in the healthcare space, um, you know, sales, you know, highly qualified salespeople in various spaces. So, you know, that's what I mean by that. It's, it's, it's intentionally sprinting towards what you fear intentionally sprinting towards the hard stuff because the hard stuff makes us makes us emotionally tough spiritually tough and that's what allows us to level up our own careers and just in terms of careers and talent acquisition professionals what what other attributes or, or and, and skills do you think a talent acquisition professional needs in 2020 i love this question matt thank you for asking so i you know and 
right off the, the top of my mind here, the ability to effectively write, I think is huge and undervalued. And what I mean by that is keep in mind, you know, not everybody's eyeballs are on job boards, but when people's and passive or active candidates' eyeballs are on the job boards, they need to look at a job posting. They need to look at a post on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And that content, that copy has to be engaging. It can't just be a copy and paste of a job description. That is really boring. I think uh, a true TA pro and I, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself in this. We can always get better. All of us can get better at this is an effective and influential writer. Uh, I know for me in my own practice and just really my own professional life, I, I'm not a writer, Matt. I'm an HR guy through and through. And I started writing and blogging probably two years ago, not on a consistent basis, but some here and there. My game there has improved a little bit. There's a long ways to go. But the ability, back to your question, the ability to uh, you know, effectively write and write in a way that's influential can be the slight edge between that individual applying for your job, reaching out to you, and not. So I think that's a main, um, I, I think that's a differentiator for a talent acquisition and recruiting professional in 2020, number one. Number two, uh, video, being comfortable on video, speaking your truth on video, being visual via video, I think is so key. Hardly any TA and recruiting pros are are doing that at scale. I've dipped into that. I want to just really go 10x, 20x on that into 2020. It just comes down to execution. So getting comfortable on video because video can allow you to stand out uh, from the competition in a, in a highly, highly competitive environment. I only have to look at my own practice here trying to recruit nurses. I mean, no one else in my space is leveraging video, talking to nurses, talking to nursing leaders, other operations leaders. I don't see it because I'm connected with a lot of, uh, you know, many, many of my colleagues in the healthcare space, uh, healthcare recruiting space and beyond. So, you know, having the ability to being comfortable and bringing value via video, I think that is a differentiator in 2020 for recruiters and TA pros. And then number three, I think it's the ability to effectively build pipelines. I know I talked about that uh, you know, a few moments ago. And I, I, I view building pipelines as, as fundamental. That is a fundamental um, action that a high-performing recruiter must be able to complete and execute on. I see a lot of recruiting and TA pros hiding behind their laptops. I think those that are out in front building pipelines, always talking, always engaging, um, and having the systems in place to engage people, I think those are the folks that are winning because you know when that when that role in a you know in a for instance a, a registered nurse role in Boise, Idaho opens up. I've already had conversations with folks, and so when that role opens up and I reach out to that individual, they will remember me. They'll remember the content I'm pushing out and that conversation. So it's a more warm lead as opposed to a cold lead. So I would say the ability to effectively pipeline and build a robust pipeline 
uh, that is key for recruiters and TA's success in 2020 and beyond. Those are just the three things I would lean back on. Now, you mentioned earlier about the importance of the uh, employer brand that you're that you're building, and things like writing and and video for talent acquisition professionals. They're they're obviously contributing to their personal brand as well. How how do you see the the balance between those 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 two things? Should employers be leading with the employer brand? Should or should recruiters be building? A personal brand within their within their target audiences. So I think it's I think it's both, Matt. I really do, and it, it, that's so weird that you bring that up because I was thinking about just this specific question. Uh, I think it was either on the drive into my office today or yesterday. You know, I think a recruiter's personal brand is 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 definitely you know married together with the employer brand, or at least it, it should be. You know, certainly. As a recruiter and a TA pro, you're a public relations officer for the organization. And in a lot of ways, you're a marketer for the organization. You're a salesperson for the organization, amongst many other hats. But I think it's imperative that individuals build uh, a robust personal brand. And I think one of the cornerstones to a personal, uh, I, I'm going to use the term personal recruiter brand, is the ability to be viewed as a subject matter expert in the space, whether it's nursing, whether it's uh, you know network engineering, whatever, and being visible too allows you to build trust and influence. If you have trust and influence as an individual, you are you are then able to pivot that and be able to sell that employer brand as well. So I think it's a I think it's an and I think I think it's a both and an and. Uh, furthermore, and this is, I guess, more talking about professional development, you know, in a lot of ways, recruiters and TA pros, um, you know, you want to be able to build influence and build an audience, whether you're in at X company, Y company, A, B, C company, doesn't matter. You need that influence and that subject matter expertness, <laughs> quote unquote, to be able to travel with you wherever you go. And so building a, a influential, influential personal brand can only open up more doors for you as a professional now and in the future. You know, I, to kind of speak my truth, I, I think that's been, the, that's been a big, uh, you know, boon for me is, is when I went all in on trying to build a personal brand, that's opened up so many awesome opportunities professionally, not only within my own organization, but outside to, you know, coach, guide, train, speak at conferences. It's a boatload of fun. And uh, I think building a, a robust personal brand can only allow an individual to level up their own career, which opens up more opportunity. And that's what we're all looking for as professionals. I don't care if you're in the recruiting TA sp space and nerves, it doesn't matter. We just want opportunity to impact. Absolutely. I, I, I really, I couldn't agree with you more. You mentioned your CRM earlier in the conversation. How important is technology in, in all of this? What kind of role can it play? It's a great question, Matt. So, you know, I'm <clears throat> pretty dialed into the space. So I, you know, I read a, you know, a lot of the blogs and articles and things of that nature. And there's so many folks that are, you know, talking about the AI revolution and how tech is going to overtake recruiting and TA. And I, I, I think it's those that can, I think it's those TA and recruiting prof professionals that can effectively leverage technology and not be overtaken by it. Those are the people that are going to win. And what I mean by that is, look, a, a, a passive candidate can't trust a machine. 
by, by our nature as humans, we want to be in community, in relationship with other human beings. And I think it's those that can create genuine relationships. This is like recruiting one-on-one. Back to my earlier dialogue of the fundamentals of recruiting, kind of the cornerstones to recruiting. I think it's those that can build relationship, meet people where they are at, not hiding behind a computer screen, but going out into the marketplace, connecting with people where they're at. I'm going to use the term old school recruiting. I truly believe old school recruiting is going to come be coming back. And that might be a, a, a differing opinion uh, compared to some of my other colleagues here in the space. But I think it's those that can get out in front of people and connect with folks. Those are the TA and recruiting pros that are going to get the win. But back to your question, I think it's, I, I think it's those that can leverage technology uh, and its scalability, uh, that that can be a game changer. Here's a great example, Matt. So, you know, I'm actually, I'm looking at my CRM right now in front of me, and a lot of who we get to hire here at Prestige Care, at least out of my office here, are passive candidates. These are people that maybe don't even know about the organization. They sure as heck haven't applied. So I have the ability to effectively inbound market my employer value proposition uh, and send email drip campaigns, uh, not out of this system, but I know other systems have drip text message, SMS text message campaigns. So that allows the user, the TA and recruiting pro to reach people at scale. And all you have to do is press you know, one button and a, a, a sequence of emails or inbound correspondence goes out when before I would have had to you know, carve out time to do this over and over again. But with this part, you know, with technology, you're able to do that. So I think it's those that can identify the tech that's going to work for you and your practice in your space that's cost effective. <laughs> I want to <laughs> iterate that. And, and that can harness that technology and leverage it uh, to, to source and see success in their space. I don't know if that answers your question, Matt, but that's just kind of what I see when I when I think of AI and when I think of tech in the uh, TA and recruiting space. That totally answers the question. Building on that question as a as a final question, what does the future look like? What you know, what, where where do you think we're going to be in two or three years' time with all of this? Well, you know, I I think I'd lean back on my you know my comments before, but two or three years down the road, I I don't think. I am of I am of the opinion that it, it's not going to be chaos, right? I mean, <laughs> so, some some of the folks, uh, you know, quarterbacking what could come or two or three years are saying, oh well, you know, AI is going to overtake all sorcerers and recruiters. I I I I don't believe so. I, I again, I think it's those individuals that can build relationships with cas- uh, passive and active candidates. Uh, that can who those that can build an influential personal brand, meet people where they're at, influential personal recruiter brand. Let me kind of italicize that, Matt. I think I think I don't think much is going to change. I I am of that opinion. Uh, I think it's I think those that can effectively harness technology. I think those are the people. I, I think that's where where we will be. But I don't think it's it's going to be a situation in which you know, AI is going to completely overtake this industry, you know, causing mass layoffs and things of that nature. I think, I think it's the soft skills of, of recruiters and TA professionals. I think those that have those soft skills that can build brand and, and execute that at scale, I think those are the folks that are going to be 
pushed ahead in this industry. And, and, and kind of to further that, I think those that, you know, have the ability to be gritty and move towards what they fear, you know, back to my original comments, I'm not a writer. I mean, I'm not a good writer, that's for sure. But I'm sprinting towards that because I want to better myself because I know that the ability to effectively and, in, and, and write in an influential way uh, has, has allowed me to see success. I think it's, you know, two, three years down the road, I think it's those that can speak and get up in front of people. I only have to look at my own career you know, if you would have told me at 18 years old, hey, Blake, get up and talk in front of a, a group of 200, 200 folks, uh, uh, you know, 200 of your peers about a topic, I would have said, Matt, you are absolutely insane. I will never do that. But um, now I actually really love doing that because I put, I sprinted towards what I feared. And now it's allowed me to level up my game and then also teach my colleagues these, these tenants of, of recruiting in TA now and, and in the future. So I'm able to coach and, and teach those, not only those here in my office, but those at scale at over 80 assisted living and skilled nursing care centers, you know, the path to success I've seen and how they can see that success now and in 2023, 2025. So um, that's where I kind of see TA and recruiting uh, going. Blake, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for the opportunity. My thanks to Blake Teese. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.